This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 2021 was a better year than 2020, but there's still a lot of room for improvement. Before we start looking ahead to what we hope will be a brighter 2022, and with Thanksgiving fast approaching, it's time for Jason Perlow and I to hand out our annual Tech Turkey Awards. That is, tech products and services that don't live up to their promise, are overblown hype, or just flat out failed over the last year. I'm Jason Cipriani, and you're listening to Jason Squared. Perlow. This is, uh, I think, our third year. It's kind of hard to believe this is our third year of doing Tech Turkeys. Um, and it, it's, you know, something I think we all look forward to quite a bit in, in rounding up this list and thinking back and reflecting upon the year. So um, I think we dive right in. Again, this list is in no specific order for 2021. Um, where do you want to start, Perlo? I, I think we, you know, Jay... I I I could swear we did this exact same list last year. <laughs> it's like pretty a lot darn of a lot close. of a lot, a lot of the same players are appearing on it. I, I think I'm starting to see a trend here. Um, you know, I think for if we're going to start at the top of the list, I assume if yes. we're going, to, I think what we need to do is figure out a actual like turkey trophy and yeah. send it to the number one winner over the last three years and that would be facebook yeah I mean, they don't have to do much anymore to earn their tech turkey award but they i kind of feel like they deserve a trophy yeah so you know they took the top of the list last year for enabling white supremacists and misinformation spread on their platform but i i don't think we had a clue just how bad things actually were i mean the the mass the massive information dump by whistleblower francis haugen really shed some light just how malintentions face meta is right i i i mean i mean i mean the thousands and thousands of pages of documents the disclosures the internal arguments of their employees saying this is bad we can't do this this is this is we're causing actual harm to people. Yeah, they know it. They know how bad and lousy company they are, but they don't actually do anything to fix it. Right. That's even no, worse. I mean, they're perfectly okay with how things are for them because they're raking in billions of dollars, right? I mean, right. The, the the dollar signs just keep stacking up. They what does it matter? Why should they change if they're still making money? Yeah, I think. Now that I think about it, I think our first year doing Tech Turkeys, which would have been three years ago, social media as a whole was yeah. a, was at top of the list. So Facebook by default was, or Meta, was included in that list. So maybe this is only the second year they've been number one. But still, the point is, they have returned every year. And uh, I don't see them not being at the top of this list when we have, thanks to yeah. the Facebook papers, we have all the evidence of how 
just evil they can be at times. And that includes, you know, targeting kids under the age of 13 for their social networks, trying to get kids to create fake Instagram accounts so they could be themselves and, you know, and knowing and having research to prove that it is doing serious mental harm to young kids, particularly, particularly young girls. And, you know, the only way I think that they get themselves off this list is drastic change, which is only going to come through either a leadership change and or government regulation. And I think it has to be both, yes. in all honesty, because this is a culture there. This is this is obviously something that's ingrained in how they approach everything. Yeah, I mean, short of um, them actually physically abducting children and like drilling, um, you know, <laughs> virtual reality headsets onto their heads permanently, yeah. you know, yeah. in some kind of, you know, crazy Cronenberg-esque like horror flick. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't see how they could possibly be any worse than they are right now. Right. And, I, and honestly, the I, I don't think the metaverse is going to be a positive experience for, for most of us to be perfectly blank. If, if, if they're in charge of the metaverse, if they're player number one in the metaverse, then I don't want to be have anything to do with the metaverse. Right. Um, right. You know, it, right now, I, I mean, I, look, social media as a whole is pretty crappy. You know, I, I, I don't think that the other companies are doing such a great job either. But right now, I'm guessing that Jack Dorsey at Twitter is is bursting with joy that there's nothing his company can possibly do right now that looks this awful by comparison. You know, so he's probably thinking, oh, okay, so okay, we let Nazis and white supremacists and an authoritarian president run rampant on our platform for a while. That that was a bad call. But look at this freaking company. Hold my yeah. beer. Right. He, he he literally Twitter or any other social network really just has to sit by and, and you know, just let Facebook or Meta do whatever they want because uh, they're getting all the attention right now. And yeah, you're, <laughs> you have a good point. All right. So next on the list is a giant hack, a just total cluster of uh, security laps with 18,000 total customers many of which were Fortune 500 companies and government agencies, including top-level departments at the Pentagon, were impacted by solar winds. So what do you, what do you think of solar winds? Why did they earn their spot on the tech turkey list? Well, you know, I debated actually putting this on top um, ahead of Facebook because certainly this impacts of this hack are vast, which prompted the president to issue an executive order on cybersecurity, right? So if any company other than Meta has lost all of its brand capital, it is this one, okay? Yeah, now, for Sol sure. No, I, mean, I mean, no one is thinking about renewing Sullivan's contracts or, or, or re installing the software within their networks at all right now. They're looking for other options, right? So SolarWinds is this product that is was used, is has been used heavily for systems management um, of internal networks, right? So, I mean, you put in a SolarWinds server and you put on agents uh, that it connects to on your network. So I'll talk to thousands of machines on your network to see uh, for inspecting things like patches and, and, and other systems management functions, right? It's basically an internal admin server, right? Um, that gives you dashboarding and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's, this was one of these, these were compromised. And now once you compromise this, this thing that monitors all your machines, you've now compromised your entire network. Right. Yeah. So I'm. Um, so I mean, you. You. I mean, we now have to really closely look at. You know. Um. You know. One is the way that these systems are put together. Right. What. What. What are the software parts that comprise all these these 
networks so we can trace you know where the the ha potentially the the exposure comes from right and that's a big part of what this new um executive order on cybersecurity is is things what they call software bill materials like you know basically you're building a a recipe for each piece of software that you install on your on your on your networks right so you, you want to know what this stuff is made out of and, and we just didn't know what the stuff was made out of so um SolarWinds may have prompted us to, to get our acts in order, but this was a heck of a way to get our act in order. You know, I, I tend to think that security is a very proactive type of thing. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later when we get to some other software on this list. But people do not tend to act on security until there has actually been a compromise. You know, they usually right. tend to take security for granted. Oh, yeah, it's good enough. We're fine. And then, and then oh, my God, we've been hacked. Let's lock it down. Right. That is unfortunately how how everybody tends to work. You know, it's 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 not messed up until you've been messed up. Yeah, SolarWinds attributes the hack to Russian hackers, which have been linked to the Russian government, of course, and basically it allowed them access for several months. Like this wasn't one day they were hacked and the next day they discovered it. This was several months that the Russian hackers had full access to these networks and they could watch communications again at the top level of the Pentagon about some pretty important, and I imagine, top secret information at times. Not only that, but then there's also the Fortune 500 companies that this impacted as well, trade secrets, everything else. This was a huge deal. And yeah. you're right, it, it's very and, close to being number one on the list. What was particularly scary about this is that the compromise occurred apparently in the build system of the software. In other words, when the software developers were compiling SolarWinds, the, the, the build system for SolarWinds was hacked. So when Man. you make so when you compile imagine if like Apple's internal software developers while they're making Mac OS and iOS were hacked by the Russian government and then all the software that was installed on your iPhones and iPads was hacked by design right yeah from came from, from the factory Zero. hacked it came yeah. from the factory hacked that is exactly how how SolarWinds was hacked which is frightening yeah yeah scary stuff um, hopefully like you said we're a little bit we, as in the U.S. government and companies, are a little bit more proactive instead of reactive with security going forward. It, it, it may, silver lining, security might, may, should improve going forward. All right, so the next item on the list, again, this is in random order, uh, is the Microsoft Duo 2. And I'm not sold on the fact that it should be on the list, but you added it. So um, I, I think it's worth talking about. So Duo One, the first generation Duo, was on our Turkey list last year. So this is sort of a, a reevaluation. Is it still Turkey? Is it a, or is it now just a chicken, right? So 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 right or a squab, right? You know, one of those yeah. things that you get at a fancy restaurant. You know, they they put it on a plate with a, it's like a little fist sized appetizer thing. You know, um, you know, sure. Uh, so you know, it, it, you know, they put a little bit of butter on it and you know they grill it up. It's nice. Um, so they did a better job than last year, right? I mean, last year 100%. this is a pretty low, a pretty low bar for improvement. But is this version going to move adoption for Microsoft? You know, I, um, I, I don't know. I don't think so. It, if that's the question that determines whether or not it's on the list, then it should be on the list. No, this, yeah. this model is not going to to further adoption. It's still like I titled my ongoing review uh living with the duo too is it's as confusing as it is intriguing it, it it is a awkwardly designed device in terms of its layout um but at the same time it's what makes it kind of fun to use although and since this is podcast only no one is going to be able to see this 
I did have an issue with the Duo 2 where because it is so awkward to hold and also put in, you know, like a jacket pocket or your pants pocket because it's so wide. Um, it fell out of my jacket pocket uh, during my testing and cracked the screen. And it, like this, it, normally a phone would not fall out of that pocket at all, but it's just because of the awkward uh, width of it when you're even when it's closed. So um, I think there's a lot of potential here for multitasking. The duals to display approach is starting to click for me. It, whereas like with the Z Fold 3, which I actually used for a month or so, you have one display. So you're more prone to using a single app just on a bigger display where this is two separate displays. So it forces you at times or most of the time to use two different apps, one on each display. And so the multitasking there, I think makes a ton of sense to me. I don't like the camera bump on the back. It no longer folds flat when you open it all the way up. Uh, and it never, it doesn't sit flat as well. So when you're using the new Surface Pen or Surface Stylus, it's a little wobbly. So um, I I think this is like half tech turkey. I, they they yeah. made a lot of good progress. They updated the processor. It does have better cameras. They're still not great. Uh, battery life it's has a, been it's, good. It's, 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 it's a turkey burger. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. Microsoft's getting there. And maybe next year it won't be on the list. But it, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, maybe at the bottom of the list it deserves to be there. So we're on the topic of Microsoft. And yep. There's some some uh, laptop four and Surface Pro X is on the list. What, why are they on the list? I put them on the list because if you compare these products to what they release later in the year in the form of Surface Pro 8 and Surface Laptop Studio, the, uh, these are turkeys, okay? Because those, those <laughs> machines are so much better than this, right? Um, laptop four lacks full speed Thunderbolt ports, which I think is a, a, a criminal offense in this day and age, right? And the Pro X, although they eventually release a cheaper Wi-Fi only version, right, bringing it to around the thousand dollar price point, it's still a product that's looking for a reason to exist. You know, when you compare it with its Intel based cousins, it's nowhere close to being Microsoft's MacBook M1 or even a Pro M1, let alone a Max M1 yet, right? I mean, it, it, it's not it's nowhere good it's nowhere good a MacBook Pro as less years MacBook Pro, right? So in terms of of, of an ARM performing superbly using x86 you know uh software if needed right i mean even if he, i mean i mean look even if you don't have fully optimized x80 uh arm based versions of, of mac software on m1 the the x86 emulation runs perfectly right yeah you, you I, don't, I don't even I don't, know it's doing it i i don't even think you can you i don't think you can make the case for that with with microsoft you know arm system no so i have a surface pro x i've had one for year year and a half now i don't know whenever they updated the sq2 processor i think it was late last year uh around there and a lot of promises were made uh, as far as the arm emulation and uh you know making non-optimized apps run just as fast as optimized apps and that conversation got pushed even more forward with Windows 11 and the buildup to releasing Windows 11. I feel like things have actually gotten worse with the release of Windows 11. Mm. Um, and so far that the, the Pro X that I've been testing on, <laughs> I got really frustrated after the official launch of Windows 11 and how things have slowed to a crawl. I actually completely wiped the laptop 
and reinstalled mm. Windows 11 for a fresh start. Now, things seem to be a little bit better here, but the promise of ARM emulation and all of that, you know, that Microsoft basically promised they would do just as good of a job as Apple did with their Apple Silicon apps and the emulation that goes on there. And I, it just, it's nowhere near that. And to your other point, the Laptop 4 and Pro X lacking Thunderbolt support, just a few months later, they released the Pro 8 and the Laptop Studio it's with Thunderbolt support. It, yeah. it is. And it's Apple did the same thing, though. And we're going to get to that here in a few minutes with their latest MacBook Pro models as well. So I, this is, you know, it, it's a company promising you one thing and, and hyping up one thing and then a few months later changing its mind. And it's almost like a slap in the face as a consumer because you are forced to buy it. You don't have a choice. You're forced to buy into, you're right, Thunderbolt isn't as great as it should be yet. It's not quite there or whatever, you know, the sales pitch is. And then a few months later, just kidding. Thunderbolt's great. Here you go. You know, it's a, it's a big deal. So speaking of Windows 11, like the, the launch and the lead up to the release of Windows 11 was a mess. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So Windows 11 itself has not made the list on for the tech turkeys. It's the marketing of Windows 11 that has made the list. So it's problematic because from a technical perspective, Windows 11 is an excellent. Okay, it's a great upgrade. I love the user experience. It's got exceptional technology in it, especially the improved security that we all need. Right. But they really botched the messaging on who can upgrade to it why they created the system cutoff that they did, and it created a lot of ill will. A tremendous amount of ill will. Uh, Tons. And I'm still, you know, I have multiple Windows computers around the house, and I'm still fighting to figure out which ones will upgrade and what I need to do to get them to upgrade. So just as a refresher for our listeners, there's security requirements in a Windows 11 that forced Microsoft or supposedly forced Microsoft to make a cutoff on which devices would support Windows 11 and which ones would be stuck on Windows 10. And part of that was the TPM. So the trust, what is it? Trust. Trusted platform module. Module. Yeah. Yeah. I I was, the P was throwing me off. Had a brain fart. Um, So the trusted platform module inside is required and it actually has to be enabled in your BIOS settings on most computers, from my experience, unless it's a Surface product, in order to be eligible to install Windows 11. And this is this is the core of what's different between Microsoft and what's different Microsoft and Apple. Microsoft took a very technical stance yeah. to this explanation. People don't care what a TPM is. They don't. And they shouldn't have to care, right? They shouldn't have to dive into their BIOS. Right settings in order to upgrade to Windows 11. Windows is always just, if it runs on this, it'll run on that, right? And you'll be able to upgrade for this. But they, they did this cutoff and they went very technical with the explanation. Well, there's these security features and you need to adjust your TPM settings. And it just, I don't, I'm still confused by most of it, as you guys can tell from the way I'm stammering over just talking about this. And all I know is there are tools now built into Windows 10 upgrade. Yes that tell you, hey, your computer is eligible, but your TPM needs to be enabled. And here's how you do it in your BIOS. Or you can find it in your BIOS, and then it's up to you to figure it out yes. from there. It's, the messaging still isn't very clear. Um, I've now had to dive into BIOS on three or four different 
uh, desktops in order to <laughs> turn it on and just make my computer eligible. Whereas like on the Surface product, it, I just get a prompt, hey, Windows 11 is ready, which is how it should be across all Windows 10 devices. Yeah, dude, I, I agree with you on TPM. And there are other things in the newer processors that Windows 11 needs in order to create that fully secure experience, such as, you know, the virtualization assistant security. I wrote a whole article on that junk. But look, it's a complicated sell to explain all of it and why they made their cutoff at Intel Generation 8. Uh, look, this is one of those upgrades, you, again, you don't go running for until you've experienced a hack or a compromise and suddenly you want all your, you know, you want all your computers to have it. I think it's an easier sell, you know, for corporations that have PCs on a four or five year, you know, amortization cycle and an upgrade schedule, but it's a different value proposition entirely. For a consumer with what appears to be a perfectly working PC, right? And I have a couple of those. So why can't they have their new UI doodads, right? Um, <laughs> right. You know, Windows, Windows 10 has a lot if not all these security features, the current, the current, you know, full update has all these security features available, but those are optional, not required. And, you know, Windows 10 is supported until 2024, which is a good, is a good time from now, but people just see this as being denied an upgrade and they're pissed off. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and I don't see, I don't know. I mean, Microsoft is, in a, is, a, is just in a bad place because they can't be Apple. Apple controls all their hardware. There's only a right. limited amount of iPhones that have ever been made in terms of model numbers and SKUs and variations. How many different types of PCs have been built in the last 10 years from all the different yeah. companies and chipsets and things? I mean, it, it's so much different in terms it of, they, have no, they don't have control of that ecosystem. So, I mean, what are they supposed to do? You know? But up until this point, they've supported that entire ecosystem on day they've one. And this they've is the first time, and I'm I'm going to say the F word, we've seen yeah. Android-like fragmentation on Windows yeah. with the Windows yes. update, which is where I think the frustration comes from. It's expected. It's been like that on day one for an Android smartphone. Right? You know your update is going to come whenever you get it. Windows 10 or Windows, you've, you've received your upgrades on day one for across all the different hardware. But... You know, I, I can't fault Microsoft for drawing a line in the sand, especially if this is security related. Uh, just the messaging around it, again, needed to be a whole lot better. And they just, they messed it up. Yep. So at our Thanksgiving dinner, we've now had all our turkey proteins. And I think we're going to have to start reaching for side dishes now and then dessert. What do you think, man? Yeah, that sounds good. What's next so, on the list? Next list is Zillow. The uh, yeah, the real estate website. So this is this is crazy. I actually didn't know about this until someone mentioned it yesterday. The company had to write down over five hundred and sixty million dollars in losses, and they had to reduce their workforce for up to twenty five percent of the employees after they tried to transform themselves into a home flipping company. Right. So basically, it turned out that their algorithms for what they call their Zillow offers feature were completely broken and they were overpaying for houses to the tune of, you know, 380 plus million dollars. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. They they sent a bot loose on on their database to buy houses. And it yes. it, it was it, it just completely overpaid and in <laughs> like how it's crazy. How do you not right. realize this? How do you not catch this after the first house or, or the 20th house, let alone to the tune of the hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. It's I, like, I you know, when it. you see some crazy thing on Amazon or Best Buy, when you have like some really cool computer or something is sold for a dollar, 
and you get a million people trying to buy at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 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 And then, uh, unfortunately, the housing market as well as the workforce at Zillow are the, you know, they're actually suffering from this. It's not Zillow itself. Like the company, it'll be fine. It'll recover after a while. But, you know, the 25% of its workforce that got laid off and then in the markets where Zillow was most active, that, you know, the housing market's pretty jacked up there now. So it just... I don't understand how this happened. Hopefully they at least at some point, you know, explain themselves. So yeah, that, another one that, on, that, on the, oh, go ahead. We're getting to the cranberry sauce now, man. It's, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> so Nintendo Switch OLED. I'm torn on this one. It deserves to be on the list. And I'll be honest, I'm biased as far as the reason I'm torn on this, because I actually spent money on this product. It's a Nintendo Switch OLED. Uh, I upgraded from the very first Nintendo Switch. Remember, there was a minor spec bump yeah. a couple years after release that extended battery life and boosted performance a little bit. I didn't buy that model. So I, you know, I got it a pretty big upgrade, bigger display, better display, uh, faster performance, longer battery life. But at the same time, like we've talked about on this very show, Nintendo's kind of just mailing it in at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It just we just have no we have no competition in the space. That's that's kind of the problem. No one else is competing with them. It's interesting that Apple filed its you know latest earnings report and all the, all the appropriate filings with the SEC and whatnot, and they list Nintendo as a competitor because they view themselves as a handheld gaming company or a gaming company. Uh, I agree, but they're not on the same level as Nintendo. I think. I mean, obviously they sell a ton of devices. It's just it's a weird. Weird transition period, I think, in in trying to figure out where portable gaming goes from here. I I liken the upgrade from my original Switch to the Switch OLED as going yep. from an iPhone 4 to a 4S. Literally, the phones looked identical. The only difference was you could hold in the home button and talk to Siri. Yep. All right. This, let's, let's, this, let's, this time around, it's faster processor and 4K. Or uh, what we need is a faster processor and a 4K display. All right. Next one, Perlo. Amazon, Astro, Sentry, Robot, Heater <laughs> House. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say no to that one. No, held to no. Held to no. Next, next. Held to no. Next. We don't want it. We don't want your. We don't want your stinking robot peeping at us in our house all the time. No. <laughs> Maybe I'll leave no. it in my office. I'll lock it up in a cage in my office. <laughs> oh, that's mean. That's like you know. <laughs> It's yeah. like, I don't well, know, I mean, is, is that considered pet abuse or something? I don't know. It's like, uh, you know. I don't know. It's Android abuse, maybe. Another one on the list is, speaking of bots, is Tesla's yeah. bot, the Tesla what bot. What the hell was that, Jason? <laughs> we could, just the announcement could be on the list for the most awkward and weird announcement of the year. When they had that guy walk out in a, a leotard suit or whatever it was, tights, and dance around on stage and do the robot. I It just... <laughs> I, what was that, dude? I don't know. I, I think it was a distraction is what it was. Yeah, could have been. I, I mean, it looks like it's going to end up being a real product eventually, kind of like full self-driving, I guess, uh, which actually should be on this list as well now that I'm thinking about it for the games yeah. that Tesla is making. People who pay thousands of dollars, like myself, play in order to get the software that they paid for. Uh, that's nutty. Um, also on this list is Tesla Model S, Model S Plaid Plus, which was the really fast under 0.60 in less than two second version, over 500 miles of range that 
Tesla took a lot of pre-orders for from very well-off people and then without any real warning or heads up, just canceled it. They they started shipping the Tesla I, Model S Plaid Edition and then they canceled the Plus just because? I don't know. I, I don't understand why Musk even thought anyone needed a $150,000 EV. I mean, I, I'm glad he had the good sense to cancel it. You know, um, we, you do need 1,100 horsepower, 200 miles per hour, you know. Yeah. All right, range I get. I get the I get the range, extended range. You know, range, range is something that he should be, we should all be, we should, they should, all the EV companies should be working on range. I get range. But, I mean, you don't need a car that can go 200 miles an hour or, or, or even accelerate the zero to in, in, under 0 0.9. I mean, I mean, you're talking about tolerances that are most human beings can't do. I mean, then you're really talking about, well, now you need the car to do this, but do you really need the car to accelerate to zero to a hundred in, in, in two seconds? Do you think, do you think human beings are going to like that? I don't know. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, and, and also, I mean, like do, do $150,000. Look, I understand why you need to build these extreme things for a small subset of customers. Cause you get trickle down effects to right. the, the, the consumer versions of it eventually. But I think this was dumb. I mean, there's, there, it just it just didn't make any sense at all. It, it was it was it was dopey. Yeah, I think this period. was a we're doing it because we can, not because we should type of deal. Right. And then right. they kind of realized that and canceled it. Uh, like I said, last minute without any real heads up. So voila, AI artist. I don't remember this. I never used it, but apparently you did. What was it? So this was that software that made everyone in the cartoon characters on their phones, which was like really popular for like a week during like June of, of this year. Yeah, you know, it was cute. You know, everyone was using it, including myself, until we found out that they were using it most likely to train AI and machine learning facial recognition databases. Right. Um, you know, I, I, you know, after a while, I got bored with my, using my own face. And then I started doing it to movie stars and world leaders. And then I got really dark and started doing it to infamous dictators, you know? And, and do you know what I learned? What's that? I learned, I learned that Saddam Hussein turns into a prince from Aladdin if you use that filter on him. That's what I learned. <laughs> I learned how Saddam Hussein is a very handsome man as youth. That's what I learned. Yeah. Is this the one that they figured out was uh, sending data back to Russia? Is that yeah, what it so was? Russia, okay. China, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. yeah, okay. I kind of remember that. Another one on the list is the Galaxy Note, which, you know, rip, rest in peace. The Galaxy Note line is supposedly no longer. Uh, we yeah. saw the transition away from that this year. I don't know. I mean, it kind of made sense. The writing was on the wall years ago, right? Yeah, I, I feel personally that its reputation was permanently scarred by Note 7. Um, yeah. And it was always a very expensive product with very limited differentiation from the Galaxy S phones, especially on the upper end of the Galaxy S. So um, I think it made sense to consolidate the two lines, um, you know, give the S series the, the, the pen support um, and, you know, see you later. And that's yeah. So Apple is on the list. I know we're going to get comments if Apple was not on the list that we're Apple fanboys and we're paid by Apple and we work for Apple and our cousins and our uncles and everyone else works for Apple. Does yeah. that sound familiar to you, Perlo? It, 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 it does sound much, it, it, Yeah, It's my inbox pretty much all the time. And you could just replace Apple with Samsung or Google or Microsoft or whatever. But anyways, Apple is on the list for two reasons. The first yeah. one iPhone 13 Pro, or actually, let's just lump it as iPhone 13 as a whole, lacking USB-C. 
Yeah. So it's time. It's time. It, it, it's yeah. It's and they're it's, they're going to be made at time pretty soon by the EU. So I I don't think they're going to have much of a choice. Look, and also for their failure to standardize MagSafe across their entire mobile product line, right? So I mean that damn watch still charges with a special connector. <laughs> and oh look, the Series Seven needs an updated version to charge at full speed. But hey, now we can charge iPhone and AirPods on a MagSafe. Great. Yeah. Okay. Things are looking you know, good there. Things are looking great. Look, <clears throat> again, I, I think Apple did exceptionally well this year. The M1s, the new M1s kick major ass. Okay. AirPods 3 looks to be a very good buy. You know, most of their other products this year were pretty exceptional. All right. Now, however, migrating iPad mini to USB-C as they did previously with iPad Air and Pro and then not migrating the iPhone 13 and the lower end iPad to USB-C is ridiculous, right? They redesigned every other damn aspect of those products, right? I, I, I can't see why they wouldn't want to simplify things, you know, especially when they've now gone all gung-ho on not including charges for these projects, products for green reasons. It's more green to have the products use the existing standard. Now, you know, if, if we're going to slam Apple for doing some dumb decisions with products this year, I, I got to have to bring up the fact that the mini 6 Gen 5G does not have full iPhone capabilities. You can't make phone calls with it, right? The fact that Apple and its care partners removed these capabilities from iPads with cellular and 5G is ridiculous. Look, would it look ridiculous holding one of these things up to your face? Yes. But a lot of people wear Bluetooth headphones and certainly AirPods. They're going to lock on to whatever Apple device you're using at the time, right? So look, there are some people that would like to make regular landline calls with these, not just FaceTimes and Zooms. If you can iMessage, you should be able to make a phone call. That's where I'm at with that. <laughs> I agree with you about USB-C, especially for the Pro models. ProRes Video, which is their new uh, first yeah. time they've made it to iPhones. Look, yeah. You need USB-C transfer rates. Full yes. stop. But I don't think I agree about the iPad mini. It's a tablet, not an iPhone Pro Max Plus Plus Plus. So what's but, the, so what's the what's the Microsoft Duo then? <laughs> I mean, that's it's a foldable. That's a different category. <laughs> okay. So what I do think deserves a call out, and maybe it's on the opposite side of being a turkey, is the fact that Apple reversed course on the MacBook yes. Pro. We now have MacBook Pros once again with HDMI port, MagSafe magnetic charging, SD card, it's all back. But what does earn a turkey leg from me is the notch on the new MacBook Pro's display that serves zero functionality purpose. There's no purpose to it. It's just there because Apple could. I don't get it. Look, okay, I think they, look, I think they recognize that their previous MacBook and desire to remove that stuff right, is undoing a turkey, right? As was that horrible touch bar, which may have been yeah. the turkiest of all turkey features ever to appear in an <laughs> Apple product, okay? Forget the notch. The touch bar supersedes the, the freaking notch in, in terms of all-time turkeydom, right? Look, I, I, look, I don't like the notch, at least the visible one, it, but it's not that big a notch. It just kind no, of just, you it know. Just, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't serve a purpose. It's just there to be there. They could have made the bezels a little bit bigger. We've talked about this. They could have made them bigger, hidden the camera. 
move on from there. All right, so those are the main products. Now we have some trends we need to cover. Yes. And I yeah. realize we're going on long, so if you if you hung with us this long, we only have a little bit left, I promise. We, we, so, we, we thank you. This is dessert, guys, and then we're going to kick you out of the house for the, after dessert, after everyone gets coffee, right? Right. So turkey trends, these are things that we don't like in our industry uh, that we see. Um, the screwed up supply chain. Man, this okay. is a mess. Where are the chips? Where is our food? Where is our everything? Why is everything so damned expensive? Jason? It's, it's insane how the pandemic just took the supply chain and turned it upside down. I mean, chips, I think I, I saw a news I report have a, chip, a couple weeks I got, ago. And I got a story about those chips too. The person Chips are like 18 months behind. Or something like that. It's like an 18-month lead time for chips right now, which is insane. Yeah, we're not I, I talking just... about just primary chips used on smartphones and things and, and computers. We're talking about like support chips for, you know, things like automobiles. So apparently, um, I, I got a call from uh, the salespeople over at the Infinity dealership recently after my wife brought the car in for service. She's got a 2016 Q50. And, it's a, and when we bought it, it was one of the upper-end Q50 models that maxed out with everything, right? It was, it's a nice car and it's got relatively low mileage for a 2016 car, right? It's got, it's only got like 45,000 on it. So they're like, we well, want to buy your car. Would you like to get a new car? Oh, uh, I love those know, calls. And, right. Because, and I got like two years left on a note, right? You know, and they gave me 0%, 0% financing. So I'm not exactly like in a, in a rush to get rid of this car, right? Right. So, but the reason why they keep asking to buy your car is that someplace in like, I don't know, in Detroit or wherever, there's a giant pile of unfinished infinities or unfinished cars of all models and mix and models and, and, and manufacturers. And they cannot be finished because they are missing the chips from China that are whatever, they're for control boards or whatever, that cannot be installed in these cars. So they're undrivable. Yeah, so, 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 th so they want to buy, buy up the older cars so they can sell them to customers that need cars. It's it's yeah the used market right now is just bonkers. My Tesla is worth more now than it was when I bought it. I know it is because <laughs> I, I looked at I looked at the 2019. They wanted 45 grand for it. Yeah, yeah, mine yeah. is worth. It was only a hundred dollars, but it's still that's that's unheard of in used cars. Your car depreciates as soon as you drive it off the lot. You know, it, I, it's actually worth more now than when I bought it two years ago. Yeah. and I have twenty thousand miles on it. It's just insane. Yeah, so one of the chips is the radar sensors in cars. That's where, that is what caused Tesla to slow down on deliveries, I think, last quarter. And in fact, they've actually moved on to vision only faster than they planned on doing because of the shortage and the issue with chips. It's just insane. The supply chain is just so messed up. I would hate to be on one of those barges, boats <laughs> outside of the port in L.A. just waiting weeks upon weeks to dock and get unloaded. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, right. I, I don't see the next, an easy way out of that one, but yeah. Nope. Next two kind of combined into one, crypto mining and NFTs. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Crypto I don't, mining. I don't have an issue with either one of these. I, I realize there's right, global really? economy or there's a... To me, it's What's ecological, it? right? So, yeah. so it's a yeah. it's a green it's a green sustainability thing, Jason. So, crypto mining. Yeah. Why are we sucking up the world's resources with this stupid activity? Right? <laughs> China is smashing crypto mines with bulldozers. Mm. They're actually confiscating the equipment, yeah. throwing them onto a parking illegal. lot, and then taking the bulldozer and smashing it to pieces. 
right? This is actually That's one right. of the few authoritarian things they do that I can get on board with. <laughs> I, I actually think that we should have a we should have a ride like an entertainment venue where like we take all the crypto mining rigs, put them out in a parking lot, and let people drive bulldozers on top of them. I would have a great time with that. I pay <laughs> big money for that. Yeah, I uh, a lot of them are moving to Texas after China banned crypto mining and cryptocurrency and whatever else. Uh, a lot of them have actually moved to Texas. That's the next because electricity there is so cheap. Unless you get a freak winter storm and then you end up having to take out loans to pay your electricity bill for heating your house. Uh, but NFTs are sold on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh. They're just basically digital pictures. I, I know you have a very strong opinion about these. I don't have one either way. If people want to make money selling digital assets, cool. Uh, yeah, I just don't have an opinion on this. Look, I don't know what idiots came up with this idea, but the, <laughs> the idea that an object or a digital asset has value intrinsically because of its original and unique traceability due to a smart contract and a blockchain system, it's idiotic to me. Period. Mic drop. Fight me. <laughs> Seriously. All right. All right. So two left on the list. Trends. Movie theaters. I haven't gone back to movie theaters yet. I don't plan on it anytime soon. I have uh, recently. Uh yeah. seen art film. Yeah, I saw the new Wes Anderson movie, um, uh, French Dispatch, which is a really cool movie. If you can if you can stream it, if you like Wes Anderson's movies, um, it's 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 one of his best, I think. Um, but look, I, I don't know what they need to do in order to get people back inside them. But whatever they're doing or not doing isn't getting asses into those seats, right? The the yeah. movies that are performing well now, they're getting a lot of the balance of their revenue from streaming, right? Dune 2 was greenlit, you know, not so much because of its bo of Dune's box office performance, right? Because uh, they are really they were greenlit when they hit about $100 million over cost, right? But uh, on on the number of streaming eyeballs that they got on HBO Max. So if, if anything, um, this is an argument for the lifespan and effectiveness of streaming services, not old-fashioned movie theaters. Well, I mean, it's so much cheaper to watch a, a movie at home. Even if you kit out a surround sound system and get a new TV and all of that and then start streaming everything, you're still not paying. You know, going to the movies is over 100 bucks, Easy. Uh, to watch yeah. one movie for me and my family. So, and, and, and the argument that, you know, you need to have the super duper sound system and screen in order to really appreciate it. Look, I watched Dune at my house with a, um, a, a, a front, a front speaker bar, the, the, one of the, the lower end, um, Sonos, uh, the, the, was it the, 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 the not, not the arc, but the smaller one, the, uh, the, yeah. the beam, the beam, Sonos beam and two, Sonos uh, Play 3 uh, surrounds, right? And, you know, with my existing television set, you know, which is a 10-year-old, 12-year-old, you know, 70-inch, you know, LED display, right? Hardly state-of-the-art. I thought that we got great sound out of it. I, we heard all the surround effects, especially we had it cranked up. I don't even have a, I don't even have a subwoofer. And I thought that the, the sound yeah. and the effects were incredible. Um, but the other thing is, is that, you know, when you stream something... I, I'm look. I'm 52 years old, Jason. I I, I admit that I, my my brain isn't what it used to be in terms of my my ability to pay attention. But look, I got to get up. On a three hour movie, you got to get up and go to the bathroom occasionally. And also, you need to with the with the accents of all, accents of all these you know international actors trying to do these crazy science fictiony you know voices and stuff. Um, I I need to have uh, close captioning to and to replay and to be able to replay when a scene happens because I I'll miss something. 
due to the details yeah. in these films. So yeah. I'm used to it now, and now I want it all the time. You know, so. All right, what's the last item on the list? Ivermectin. Is I mean, the horses. Horse the, medicine? I mean, the horse medicine. Horses like it a lot. You know, <laughs> uh, it's a delousing agent for um, for livestock, right? Yeah. Uh, and people are, are taking it for COVID nineteen due to misinformation that they're getting on. You know, our number one winner uh, this year. So I think Joe, um, Joe Rogan was the big proponent of this, right? But was it was it really? Yeah, yeah. He, he's he, he's he's a real rocket scientist, isn't he? Um, but yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, so that's where we are. Um, you got your ivermectin for dessert. Um, uh, we're yeah. kicking you eyes out of the house now. You, um, unless you want to stick around for some coffee. It seems full, yeah. of, full of sugar helps the ivermectin go down. Yes. All right. So if we missed anything on this list, if there is a company, if there is a product or a person that should have been on this list, feel free to reach out to us and let us know. I'm Jason Cipriani. Happy Thanksgiving from Jason Perlow. And this is Jason Squared. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.